Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. Thank you. So um, I'm not doing this because he can't do it. I'm doing this because about four or five weeks ago, he asked me to preach this weekend. So whether he knew something we didn't know, I don't, I don't know. Let me start with prayer. Father, we especially pray for the children's work that's happening out to my left and for the creche uh, and for those that minister out there, uh, those that, that come to church but don't come to church because they're ministering. We pray that the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit that is here would be there as well. And that as lives are changed here, that lives will be changed there as well. And that you would feed each one of those leaders and workers out there that they might encounter your spirit and that they might leave today saying that was a great place to be, a great place to come and minister. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The, uh, the Pentecost season messages are called Expansion which is uh, characteristic of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is all about expansion. And so if you could say these words after me, because these words are for you, the words are so much more. So much more. So much more. And I hope through the preaching of the word this morning that you would be convinced that that is the word of the Lord for you. It's not just for the person next to you, although they are lovely people. But you need to take the word of the Lord to heart and say, I believe it for me that when God speaks in his word, he's speaking to me so much more. Pastor Andrew said last week uh, is that uh, expansion is God's idea, which it is. uh, But our responsibility is to get ready. So, so much more. So much more. Get ready. Get ready. So much more. Get ready. My uh, leading passage this morning is from First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. It's interesting. Chronicles is a book of lists. Numbers is a book of numbers. Chronicles is a book of lists and genealogies. You love genealogies. You know that so-and-so begat so-and-so, who was the father, the grandfather, the brother, the sister, the cousin, the uncle of so-and-so, and he had a son, and then it goes down, and that's what... Chronicles is all about and it's like this guy and that guy and and when you start to read it it makes no sense but when you have been in the word for a number of years 10 15 20 30 40 years you go I know that guy oh, I knew his brother and then so these names mean something to you because they keep appearing and reappearing in scripture this particular guy is different from all the other lists so this guy and this guy and this guy when it gets here to verse number 9 in 1 Chronicles chapter 4 It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Now, when you read that, don't say to yourself, ah, typical, here's somebody else that God's chosen. It's not me. They're all more honorable to me. Don't worry about me. I'll be right. I'll go home and eat worms or whatever it might be. Don't say that. When you read this, Jabez was more honorable. Think to yourself, why? That's a great way to read the word of God is why, why, why then, why now, why him, why her, why not me? And he was 
more honorable because of his response to God. And that's what Pastor Andrew was talking about last week, is our response to what God is saying and what God is calling us to do. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. In other words, his starting point wasn't a good starting point. That's good news for you because <laughs> for some of us, our starting point wasn't that good. Oh, well, God could never use me because you don't understand my history. You don't understand where I started from. You don't understand that my mother gave birth to me in pain and I was raised in that environment and therefore I can uh, exclude myself from the call of God. No, you can't. Not after today, you can't. Because Jabez looked at his circumstances and says, they're not going to dictate my destiny. And your circumstances won't dictate your destiny. Because your destiny is not in your past. Your destiny is in your response to the true and living God. So Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. He asked for something specific. He asked for expansion. Let your hand be with me, keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. And the Lord granted his request. And the Lord granted his request. God grants requests when you come to him. And when you ask him and your trajectory is changed, you become a more honorable person than what you were. I call it uh, active-passive. Active, passive, and active is that you align yourself with God and then you get in the flow and he'll take you where he wants you to go. But you've got to cooperate with him and align yourself with him. What did somebody sing recently? Seek first the kingdom and all shall be added. Is that, is that a verse in the Bible? Oh, yes, it is. And it works and it's worked for Catherine and I for over 50 years. As a matter of fact, it's the first verse in the scripture that I ever learnt. When I met her at high school, when I repeated year 12 and I met her, she said, are you a Christian? And I said, yes. Do you go to church? No. Do you read your Bible? No. Do you pray? No. And she said to me, look at this verse, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom and be right with him and all these other things shall be added. And I stand here as a testimony for Catherine and myself that it works well. It's worked for over 50 years, about 53 as a matter of fact. Praise God, yes. Interesting, this, uh, that's the verse that I quoted to you is in the NIV. Uh, at the end of it, it says, uh, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I might be free from pain. The, the New King James Version says uh, that I would be kept from evil and that I might not cause pain. So God granted his request. Who is God speaking to this morning? That the Lord says, get right with God so that you don't become a pain to others. Maybe it's just me. But it's true, isn't it? Keep me from pain and keep me from creating pain in the lives of other people. I, don't, I just don't want to be a pain. And I, I want to be aligned with God. Interesting. Uh, when you... Read the scripture, as I said, the key to understanding scripture is to ask questions, interrogate scripture, although there is a risk that when you read scripture, scripture is reading you. 
It's like, oh, hang on a minute. I might flip that page because that's reading me. It's doing the scan of what's it's speaking. It's, it's speaking to you. It's not just speaking to the Israelites or speaking to somebody else. It's speaking to you. And interrogate it. So it says that he cried out to the God of Israel. That's really important to understand that he didn't just cry out to God. A lot of people said, I called out to God. And he didn't answer me. And the reason for that is that they don't know God. They called out to some greater power, the big guy in the sky or something like that. And, and there's no understanding or knowledge of God. This is the understanding and knowledge I believe that Jabez had. And it's recorded uh, both in Deuteronomy and Exodus. Listen to one verse in each. Deuteronomy 10, 21. He alone is your God and the only one who is worthy of your praise the one who has done mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes. This is the revelation of the God of Israel. Uh, and in Exodus, it says, Who is like unto you, O Lord? Who is like unto you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? So when you go to God to cry out to God, go to the God who is revealed in the word, the God of miracles. The God who answers prayers. Don't just go to God. You know, I'm going to God. Find out who he is. And then in Psalm 78, verse 41, it says, one of the criticisms against Israel is that they limited the Holy One of Israel. Israel is a nation. They limited the Holy One of Israel. And sometimes we don't get our answers because we limit him. We keep him small. Oh, God isn't interested in my prayers. God isn't interested in my circumstances. God's not big enough. We make God in our image. We have, a, we have a, an experience that we get disappointed, and so we keep God small. The scripture says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, make, let us rejoice in him and exalt his name together. And the higher you lift him up in your heart, mind, and soul, the more he will draw you into that. But if you keep him low, you'll be lower. And so, Father, I'm going to punctuate this by a few prayers. And so, Father, I pray that as a community of believers, that we would be encouraging, inspiring, and provoking one another to trust fully in the true and living God. That, that our experience, our, our individual, our family, and our corporate experience would be of a growing revelation of God and a growing manifestation of his presence in every one of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. So, Pastor Andrew said last week that expansion is God's idea, not ours. And it's a characteristic of the kingdom. And I want to give you this Christmas verse from Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us... A son is given, and the government, the rulership, will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And they leave it there. But the next verse says, And of the increase of his govern government, and of the increase of his peace, there will be no end. So you are, I don't know where you started from. I don't know where you started from, whether you started in pain whether you started in lack or want, whether you started here, here or here, it doesn't matter. You've been brought into something that's really big. You are part of that. 
In the 21st century, you've been brought into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. And as we get into that, it's like uh, stepping up on a, uh, uh, an escalator. You get in and then all of a sudden he begins to lift you and he begins to lift the call and the purpose of your life. Uh, when I was young, I had the king mudder's touch, that everything I touched turned to mud. <laughs> Seriously. I won't go into it all. Hopeless. Failed at everything. Failed at high school. Failed English completely. Married an English teacher. <laughs> failed English at high school. Became the founding chairman of a Christian school. But I was destined to failure until I got onto the elevator, the escalator. And when I programmed or put myself into the purposes of God, he lifted me. Isn't that what the scripture says? He lifted us. And so... Uh, as you come to City Lights Church, this is not uh, a session on how to succeed, and it's certainly not a succession on how to get rich quick. That's not what this is about. This is about kingdom. This is about us becoming disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and witnesses for Jesus Christ. And when you get into that on, on that elevator, it lifts you as well. You're not looking at about you. You're looking about him. But he increases you and increases your territory. So I've said all that to come to a big question. And it's a really important question is that uh, when you get this enlarged territory, what are you going to do with it? And what are the implications of it? And the classic example was this. And you may have noticed that in the Gulf War, when uh, George W. Bush went to war, leading the Americans against Saddam Hussein, and they eventually overthrew Saddam Hussein because he had come down and invaded uh, Kuwait. Uh, and when they finally went against him, they had this uh, meeting on the deck of an aircraft carrier, and across the front of the conning tower of the aircraft carrier, it had, Mission Accomplished. Because they'd overthrown him. Now, actually, it looked like George W. Bush was in the Middle East, but it was actually another aircraft carrier parked off California, just outside Hollywood, where they ran the, the film, and it was like he was there. He was, he was 20,000 kilometers away from the action. But the thing was mission accomplished. And the, and, and the sad thing about it was that when they overthrew Saddam Hussein, who was leading... Iraq at the time, uh, that was only the beginning of the work that they had to do. And so when you come into the enlarged territory, what are the implications of that? And there are several implications. Number one is you've got to be a bigger person. You cannot govern more territory. You cannot take more responsibility until you become a bigger person, until I become a bigger person. We've got to increase our capacity. We've got to have more strength. We've got to have bigger hearts. And we've got to have more friends. Because more, more capacity, more enlargement. For example, what happened this morning in Pastor Andrew's absence if, if 100 extra people turned up? I'm not too sure where they got 100 extra chairs. But we'd have to scramble to do so. It's like everybody's on greeting. 
Everybody's meeting people. We've got to, and we've got to have a heart for that. I know some people, and I, and I, and I, and I understand it. I think I understand it. I think I understand it. Where they say, "I want to go to that church because it's a small church," and I get it, and I get, and, but I don't get it because. Isn't our job to win people to faith in Jesus Christ and disciple them? I think it is. And, you know, I didn't have that capacity as a person. I'm not meeting new people, no way. But God, make me and break me and help me become the person you want me to be. Now, one of the things that you've got to do to become a bigger person, to have a bigger heart, you've got to take the word of God too hard and take it seriously. Has somebody got a tissue that I could borrow? Um, I'll give it back later, I'm sure. Thank you. Here we go. And so, you've got to take the word of God to heart. To take more territory and to enlarge your territory, you've got to become totally obedient to the word of God. So when the word of God says, bless them that curse you, pray for them that despitefully use you, when the word of God says forgive, you and I have got to learn to do that and do it well, so well that we are examples of it. But, 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 but you don't understand what they did. Jesus does. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them. Because what that does, it means that your territory will expand. If you get stuck at that point, you will always have small territory. There are some guarantees that we can guarantee. That's one of them. That if you get stuck on not putting into practice the word of God, that you will decrease your own territory. You will limit the Holy One of Israel. Not him. Not somebody else. By the way, the reason I forgive is that I have chosen that no one is going to limit me. I'm not going to be limited by what they think about me, what they say about me. Some people say to me, John, we don't like you. I know, it's, it's a surprise. I was surprised when I heard it. But then I said to them, you know what? I understand that some days I don't like me either. So I get it. I mean, why should they, why should they like me if some days I don't like me? But I get over me to get on and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But the key, the key to bigger territory is the fullness of the Spirit. That's what will make all the difference. Let me read to you what uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 A says. But you shall receive power. The word there in the Greek is dunamos, from which we get the word dynamite. And it means divine ability. To do things, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, there's a young man sitting here in the meeting who married a girl who was a believer, and he was so impressed with her that he got before the Lord in a small country town in western or over the hills, western Queensland, and he got before God in the middle of worship. He said, God, I need the power, God, 
an age of power like my wife has got. Isn't that a great witness for Jesus that a husband would want the relationship with the Lord that his wife's got? And in worship, in a little country church at Dolby, with his hands raised, the power of God fell on him. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Matt Love. What a testimony. By the way, sorry about that. I didn't want to steal your thunder, but you're going to have to bring that testimony in the, the background. This poor man cried out to the Lord. He said, God, I need, I need what she's got. And, and this is my prophetic word for you. I pray that people around you will come knocking on your door and say, I'm having what she's having. I want what he's got. I want what they've got. What have you got that's different? That's, that's discipleship. That's witnessing for Jesus. I, uh, I started dating Catherine in high school, and then she walked out on me. I get it. <laughs> Didn't enjoy it at the time. Because she wanted to marry a man who loved God more than he loved her. And I wasn't that guy. I idolized her. My, my song was, seek, seek first the kingdom of Catherine. You know, <laughs> seek second God. You know, it's like I worshipped her. And God said, that's not going to be healthy for anybody, you included. So she walked. And so I was without her for a while. And I... I did my prac work in Papua New Guinea. Um, on a, on a, I was an agriculturalist. I did eight weeks on a cattle stud in Papua New Guinea, and I thought uh, she, she'd left my life, and I didn't have anybody else, so I thought maybe I'd become a missionary. I went up there, and I almost backslid, and it was an embarrassment to me, and I was morally compromised. I didn't sin greatly, but just enough to make me feel I just couldn't serve the Lord. And I came back... And my mother's twin sister was a Pentecostal believer and she talked to me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I started, when I was about 20 years old, I started to cry out to God for more of his power. And when I say cry out to God, I wept on my knees for a year. God, fill me with your spirit. And every time somebody prayed for me, nothing had happened. And I cried out to God and I eventually met a spirit-filled uh, Presbyterian, which you do, you know, and he and his sister took us to dinner one night in a fancy restaurant and they started sharing what I'm sharing with you now and the power of God fell and began to shake uncontrollably and he prayed for me and nothing happened and then I went back home and nothing happened and eventually went to church uh, the following Sunday and his pastor preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and prayed for me and uh, I don't know what Catherine did. I ran to the front. I think she was behind me. And he prayed for me, and, and I got powerfully filled with the Holy Spirit. I began to shout in tongues. I didn't speak in tongues. I began to, it just like, it just exploded out from me. And, and it made all the difference, and, and, and our territory enlarged. So that the things I could never do, we started to do. I was involved in, uh, in, in marketing, uh, commercial quantities of chickens, I became the top salesman. I had 66% of the market. Just just expanded capacity and wisdom and understanding and grace and boldness and joy, all the things that were filled, filled the Holy Spirit and all these things. And that happened, and then um, 
wherever we went, uh, we, we started planting churches. We planted a church in Armadale in New South Wales. We went to Brisbane. I did a... So uh, they said I'd, I'd never pass English at high school. I've got a bachelor's degree in biblical theology, and we went to Thailand. I learned Thai, read and write and speak Thai. We had a Thai uh, English language church uh, because our capacity was increased. And I came back and I worked in a big church in what well, a church that grew in Sydney. I was a senior associate pastor. And the pastor asked if I'd become the founding chairman of a Christian school. I'm getting to all this to say that in 2001, 2001, was that World Trade Center? 2001? World Trade Center. So uh, we built a school. We started with 64 kids one year, and then we had, I think, uh, 120 the next year, and then we had 180 the year after. And then we were going to put in another 180 kids. So we were really going to grow. And I went to the bank. I won't tell you which bank. It wasn't the which bank. It was another bank. And uh, they, uh, I borrowed uh, $4.5 million from this bank. And, uh, and we were just building extra $4.5 million worth of school buildings and uh, science rooms and libraries. And, and I was the founding chairman of the school and I was the business manager and I was the project manager of the school and they lent us the money we signed the contracts and we sent the contracts to them and we got the guys in and we're starting to do all the groundworks we spent six hundred thousand dollars on groundworks we had another three million or so to go and then the two planes flew into the world trade center and the bank closed their doors and said we're not going to give you the loan and so here I am we, the, if the, if the, the building company sends in the progress repayment, we're going to default 600000 and the school and the church is going to fail, and I'm going to jail because it's, I'm trading insolvently. But they had said, we go ahead, but they hadn't signed it. They said, we'll sign it, go ahead. They didn't sign it. So I cried out to the Lord. Jabez turns up again. I cry out to God. And I said, God, you're going to have to help me. I'm not big enough for this. And he said, no, you're not. He agreed with me. So I went to bed that night and I lay there and I said, Lord, increase my capacity. And literally, I felt him pull me each way. And I, I will praise the Lord. I bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. Be anxious for nothing. But with prayer, supplication and thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. And I just lay there and I got up in the morning. And I was bigger. Didn't have the money. Didn't have an answer. But I was bigger. But I had faith. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. By the way, this is not my testimony. This is your testimony. Right now, wherever you are. Right now, whatever the circumstances is. Go to God and say, make me bigger. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord, fill me again. Make me bigger. Make Increase my capacity. So how did God get me through that? I rang some banks. I rang this bank. Some of you heard this story. I'm telling it again because others haven't heard the story. I rang some banks. I rang Westpac. And the guy came out. I'll name him Mason Andrews in a three-piece suit. It's very important for the story. Came out in a three-piece suit. Looked like a banker. And he said, how much do you want? And I said, well, we need $4.5 million, but we need to actually refinance some of the other loans. We need $7 million. And uh, I said, so Mason, 
where did you start in the bank? He said, I started in Tamworth, in the bank. I said, oh, that's my hometown. He said, uh, John Scott. He said, do you know Robbie Scott? And I said, you mean my twin brother? I said, yeah. He said, oh, I played keyboard in the band that your brother was the lead singer in. How much money do you want? And he gave me $7 million. That's your story. For out of nowhere, with a bigger capacity, you're going to believe God. Now, let me just change the message. Because it's not about you and it's not about us. It's about him. It's about the Lord. Let me read to you in, uh, in Luke chapter 24, verse 45 to 49. Jesus has been crucified, dead, and buried and raised again back to life. Before he ascends into heaven, he meets two disciples on the way to Emmaus. They don't know who he is. And they're talking, and he said, let me, let me tell you about the Messiah, which is Jesus. Let me tell you about myself. Listen to this. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. This one prayer... Lord, open our minds that we might see who you are and that we might see who we are in Christ. Open our minds to, to see that when the scripture talks about disciples, it's not talking about somebody else. It's talking about you and I. So don't read this, the scripture as though, oh, that's for the special people, or that's for the honorable ones, or that's for somebody else. No, it's for you and I. It's for as many as the Lord shall call. That's us. You are a disciple. Nothing less than a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our, our job, his job through us, our job is not to make uh, multi-level believers. There's not sons of God and then grandsons or wannabes. We're all sons and daughters of the most all sons and daughters of the most high God. Every single promise is for you. Every instruction is for you as well. But every promise is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. So if you happen to be a person that reads the Bible and says, Oh, that must be for the disciples or for that generation or for, you know. In the early days, or so, no, it's for us now here today. We are Pentecostal believers that believe in the New Testament promises of God are for today. The power and promises of God are for today. Then he told them, this is what is written. In other words, we have history. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Talk about the big picture. Talk about expansion. You are invited into that. Into know the Messiah. To have your sins forgiven. And to be witnesses of that. To all the nations of the world. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power. Don't do anything, he said, until you've received the power of God. Now, we do things without being totally full of the Spirit, but, and people do that, but 
the expansion and the effectiveness of the kingdom comes when we rely on his power, which is available for all of us. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus changes the word that he said to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. On the road to Emmaus, he said, you are witnesses of these things. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, you are my witnesses. We're witnesses to Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Would the band come back, please? Every promise is yes and amen through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Every promise. If you've never, ever given your life to Christ, can I encourage you to do so? Can I encourage you to step onto the conveyor belt as it was and let him lift you up? Let him take you to another level. If you've never cried out to him, never been serious about appropriating in your life the promises of the Lord, you could do that. Take Matt Loft's example as a witness in worship. By the way, I want to say this every time I preach. If you're not a worshiper, please become one. If you're not a worshiper, please become one. Please connect with God in worship. He can do so much more. Just, and I say this every time, just lean in, press in, forget about what other people think or say you worship. As a matter of fact, why don't you do that now with me for a minute? Stand up, would you please? Can you take whatever song is appropriate and we'll just, we'll just worship for a minute and, and cry out to him this morning. Cry out to him. Yeah. Could I encourage you? Lift your hands. Get them up some way. Cry out. Lord. I step out of my smallest, Lord. I step out of my limits. I don't want to limit you, Lord. Throw up my hands, Lord. Except for us in Hallelujah. Would you just raise your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, stretch me. Stretch me beyond my limitations. Take me beyond Take me beyond my comfort zone, Lord. Lord, if it if it means that there comes a even a change in my personality that if I'm I'm not as outgoing as I should be, Lord, 
help me to be whatever you want me to be. Let nothing of me limit you, Lord. Let nothing of me limit what you want to do in me, Lord. Let nothing of me limit what you want to do through me, Lord. Let nothing in me limit what you want to do in my family, Lord. And I'm, I'm saying this not just to people who may be inverted commas in the ministry. I'm, I'm saying to people in business who are studying. That whether you, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, Lord, make me bigger for your sake. For thy kingdom's sake, I pray. Lord, let, let me take my eyes off me. Let me take my eyes off of what I'm doing. Let me put my eyes on you. Let me become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me become a witness that the stuff that Jesus promised works now in my life 24-7 as a true believer. And so, Father, we move from expansion, not just, Lord, not just extended territory, but we lift our eyes to a higher calling. A higher calling. Not limited to what I think I would like to do or what I possibly could do, but kingdom come, will be done on earth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.